0: In February of 1959, a camp was discovered near Kolotsyakl, abandoned and in disarray. Further away from the camp, underneath a Siberian tree, two bodies were found in nothing but their underwear. Between the camp and the pine tree, three more bodies were found. Two months later, four more bodies were discovered near a ravine 75 meters away from the pine tree. Their injuries were far too great and gruesome that no human could possibly be responsible for their deaths. What could have caused the deaths of nine experienced tigers in the Russian mountain region? Could it be, like some people conspire, could it be the attack done by the Russian Yeti? Welcome to fill it to the rim with fear, I am your ghost host Salva, and joining me as always is my ghoul gal Chantal. Hello
1: everyone.
0: Today we will be talking about the cryptid, the Yeti, or as most people in America know him as the Abominable Snowman. The Adorable Snowman. The Adorable Snowman. Do you what? know anything about...
1: Yes. Well, one time in my phone, I was trying to type the abdominal... Uh, Abominable <laughs> <laughs> Snowman, and it auto it to Adorable Snowman.
0: Adorable? We're just going to call it the Adorable Snowman. <laughs> That'll be the title of this episode. <laughs> the Adorable <laughs> Snowman. <laughs> um, I found a lot. You know a little bit. You know a little bit? Okay, well, I found a lot. And... um. I know it might not sound irrelevant right now, but the case that I just read—the beginning of this episode—it's—it's um, it's an un—it's an unsolved mystery. It sounds
1: familiar, and I feel like it has something to do with uh, radiation.
0: A little bit, a I little bit. Have, I
1: must have heard about this case.
0: I will get into it because there is there are a lot of theories behind um, the just the whole incident. And it's it's unsolved, even though they say that it's solved. But the reason that, like the the their conclusions behind what happened don't make sense to me.
1: Okay. So
0: we'll get into that a little bit later. But first, I want to talk about the Yeti. We're gonna we're gonna talk about um, all the sightings and a little bit of the history and what exactly is the um, adorable snowman. Okay. <laughs> So, um, originating from Himalayan folklore, the Yeti or the Abominable Snowman, known in Western culture, um, can be found in the mountains of Asia, in regions of China and Nepal, and in mountain regions of Russia. It is said to be a muscular bipedal creature with grayish or reddish brown hair, weighing between 200 and 400 pounds, and reaches a height of six feet tall.
1: Ooh, big boy
0: yes so um actually compared to bigfoot which i will talk about in another episode um this is six feet tall is considered small
1: i was gonna say some basketball players are taller than me
0: yeah yeah so we'll get into like the whole like size and and footprints and stuff because some
1: he's still like a full foot and one inch taller than me though
0: yes He's a full foot taller than me. That's still very large. Um, for us, for us. For anyways, like a basketball
1: player. He's probably really tiny.
0: Yeah, yeah. But like I said, compared to the like American Bigfoot, um, this is considered small. American
1: Bigfoot.
0: Well, I'm just saying, like in in because they don't, you know, <laughs> the Sasquatch. I'm just trying to like. To, like whenever do someone
1: f- puts American before a word, I don't know why it makes it so funny. <laughs> American Bigfoot, American football. It's kinda, yeah. It's kind of funny. I just because I got to I got to make the specify specify
0: which is which. So, um to the Tibet people, the creature is called um mishi which in um is the Tibetan word for man bear. Man bear. Yeah. Sounds accurate. Yeah. The term abominable snowman came from Charles Howard Burr who led the 1921 British Mountain Everest run uh Reconnaissance Expedition. In the book, Mount Everest, The Reconnaissance, 1921, Howard Burr wrote about his entire expedition and wrote this that coined the name Abominable Snowman. So this is just an expert from, um, excerpt from his book that I'm going to read. <clears throat> Quote, Even at these heights, we came across tracks in the snow. We were able to pick out tracks of hares and foxes, but ones at first looked like a human foot puzzled us considerably. Our coolies at once jumped to the conclusion that this must be the wild man of the snows, to which they gave the man the name of Medokami, the abominable snowman, which interested the newspapers so much. End quote.
1: To me, it just sounds like the hiker was wanting to pull a prank on him. I was bored one day. Walked up there.
0: See, a and this is footprints in. this is my problem with a lot of the quote unquote evidence that comes up about the yeti. There's no divinity... like, there's no solid proof, and there hasn't been any. can you imagine a guy in the bush who's just laughing? as
1: they're like, "Oh,
0: human footprints. It's got to be a yeti." <laughs> and they're just sitting
1: in the bush, laughing their ass off. They're like, "Oh, we got him good.
0: We got him. We got him this time." Um. It's it's unlike the Bigfoot where there is I mean you can Arguably, there, arguably is. there is video evidence of this and even like the skunk man or whatever they call it, we'll get to those later on. Um, there isn't any like video proof or anything like that. It's just pictures of footprints. Well then how do you explain monsters Inc.? You know, <laughs> <laughs> You know, that's that's a great question that um, we'll get to it. I don't know. <laughs> so there still has to be proof of the existence of the Yeti since there has never been one captured. Um, but, but, but there are countless sightings and quote-unquote evidence suggesting to the um, existence of the Yeti. So let's get into those accounts. This is also 1920s, right? That's when they, like, really started to, like come up with, um... People were really bored back in that day. They yeah. didn't have
1: TV. It was either you go hiking and you make up a fairy tale about a yeti, or you have to sit <laughs> at home and drink tea with family.
0: And I I feel like and that's all there were did. still a lot of, like, expeditions, like Mount Everest expeditions. There was a boom in trying to discover so much. Good that's a good ride. So
1: about Disney. <laughs> Expedition Everest.
0: Hold on on that. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Okay. So we already heard about Howard Burr's 1921 encounter of the creature, but prior to this, the um, Lip- Lepcha people, and there's so many like foreign words in this that I apologize to anyone who is Russian or Nepalese. I'm sorry. Um. So the... Um, Lepcha people worshipped a quote um, glacier being as a god of the hunt and depicted it as an ape-like creature who carries a large stone as a weapon and makes a whistling whooshing sound.
1: What a whistling whooshing?
0: Swooshing sound. Oh yeah,
1: I guess that kind of makes sense.
0: Yeah, so I guess that kind of sound
1: I would make if I was the Yeti.
0: I guess like this is the beginning of like it being. A, like an ape creature type thing, mm-hmm. cause like it literally could be anything. Yeah, cause you don't know what it looks like. Nobody's actually seen. I mean, quote unquote, seen one, but yeah, true. So, um, in ni- in eighteen ninety nine, Lawrence Waddell wrote an account in his book Among the Himalayas, where he wrote about a um his guide's description of a large ape like creature that left the prints. Um, Waddell thought that the prints were, um, that of a bear, and he said, none, however, of the many Tibetan, Tibetans I have interrogated on this subject could ever give me an authentic case. On the more, on the most specific, um, on the most superficial investigation, it always resolves into something that somebody heard of, uh, heard tell of. So, even then, they were like, this thing, like, doesn't exist. It's not real, it's a fairy tale. So in nineteen twenty five, NA Tom Tombazi um was fifteen thousand feet near the Zemu Glacier, which is the largest glacier in eastern Himalayas at twenty six kilometers long, where he saw Sorry, I just had to think about that for a moment. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's the it's the biggest glacier that's in the Himalayas, it's huge. Um just think it's like from here to like, I don't even know how long that is. 26 kilometers. It was 25, right? 26 kilometers.
1: That's like a race, a marathon or a half marathon, whatever it is.
0: That's really <laughs> far. So just picture yourself running a half marathon, and that's the size of this glacier. I
1: think that's the length of a
0: half marathon. Now I have to check. We have to Google. Google check. The kilometers or miles? It's in, It says kilometers.
1: It's a half marathon. It's a half marathon. Sorry. Okay, looking at miles to kilometers is really confusing. Yes. I'm sorry. Okay, so you run a
0: half marathon, and that's the size of this glacier. Wow. Um, and it's not the only glacier there either. It's, this place is huge. So where was I? Right. So N. A. Tombazi, he was um fifteen hundred feet from this glacier, from Zemu Glacier, where he saw a creature about two hundred to three hundred yards away. All of the accounts that I have read about. They all say they were standing, like, 200 to 300, like, yards away.
1: Jesus, far. How do you see anything? So that's what
0: I mean. It literally could be anything. It could be a bear. What?
1: That's so far. It
0: could, like, how do you know it's that, it could be a bear.
1: But to be fair, I'd know you from 200 yards away.
0: Yeah, but that's because you're, I'm me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Be like, yep, that's that's her, right. that's right
0: there. <laughs> were there trees or like anything? It's like it's a glacier, glacier isn't land, it's a, it's like a block of ice.
1: But was there like anything that could block their view? And they it didn't be, like...
0: say it, like in this particular account, it didn't say was it stormy. Um, what was the weather like? Maybe they
1: saw a human being. Oh,
0: actually, yes, it was this account, so there were like vegetation around. Okay. So he said, here, this is what he, he said he about it. a tree. It, it was moving. He said that it was moving.
1: Well, trees move in the wind.
0: Okay. Let me, <laughs> let me say what he said. So he said, quote, uh, Tombazzi said, quote, Unquestionably, the figure in outline was exactly like a human being walking upright and stopped occasionally to pull some dwarf rhododendron bushes. It showed up dark against the snow, and as far as I can make out, it wore no clothes. End quote okay
1: so it was just a person who wanted to floof up their garden so they went up to the glacier to pull some rhododendron. naked why not <laughs> this is like maybe their clothes maybe this is below w- zero yeah, weather Maybe they had to wash their clothes and they're waiting for it to dry
0: but Be- below zero weather chanteau it's not that, that cold but these your How- clothes would if you went to wash your clothes your clothes would freeze
1: not necessarily. Not if you have a little hut somewhere close by. I guess. Whatever. Anyways, <laughs> there was
0: no... He didn't say if there was any hut around or anything. Apparently, like, he's just in the well, middle of nowhere to well, him. Well,
1: obviously, he didn't uh, do his research too well.
0: Maybe well, he was
1: wearing clothes, but they were just skin-colored clothes.
0: Yeah, like, how do you know? It's 200 yards away. Like, how can you tell? Yeah,
1: how would you know he wasn't wearing clothes?
0: like he literally could have been wearing cuz a lot of the cases they say that it's like a big furry creature. Right. It literally he this person could be wearing a fur coat. you don't want a A pelt, a fur pelt he was wearing over his his ding along. <laughs> well You can talk. It's fine. You're just going to be part of the podcast. It's a song. It's a He's wearing a song.
1: <laughs> maybe. Maybe he went, okay, maybe he went ice fishing and then he was like, oh, look at those nice rhododendrons. So he went and pulled up the rhododendrons.
0: Yeah, What I if guess. it's a girl?
1: What if it's not a guy?
0: Yeah, what if it's... How can I you will, tell from you 500 yards away? You can't.
1: Exactly. So maybe it's a girl.
0: Although I'm just picturing like a woman naked in the middle of the Himalayas, like Maybe she lives there. Maybe she's a witch. You don't know. You don't know her story.
1: (laughs) Maybe that's how she keeps them alive. Nice and plump. Her (laughs)
0: boobs. Okay. Anyways. That was one case. So so then, get this, after walking about two hours, he came across the footprints. Now, here's my question to you. Okay. If you're in the middle of nowhere, you're the only person there, and you see a creature that you don't know for sure what it is, Mm -hmm. 200, 300 yards away from you, Mm -hmm. would you ever walk towards it? No. Okay. This person did, okay? Well, (laughs) it depends.
1: If the creature left... And I could see it leave. Maybe I'd walk that door. But that's the thing.
0: Like you don't. Like what if he was just hiding behind something, and you couldn't see? So you're like, oh, I guess the coast. The coast is clear. Curiosity
1: killed the cat, but satisfaction anyway, brought it back.
0: But this person's still alive.
1: Yeah, satisfaction brought him back.
0: Anyways, this is, <laughs> this is me. I just I I personally I don't know. I don't. Anyways, so what I was saying is I don't particularly believe in like these kind of cryptids, because there's no, like, if there were, ex- like, some in existence, why haven't we found a corpse? Like, if we're able to find dinosaur bones... Maybe they bury them. But then, that's what I'm saying. If we're able to find dinosaur bones that were that roamed the Earth millions of years ago, why can't we find... Maybe they burn them. ...remains? But, you, I don't know.
1: Maybe every time a forest fire starts, it's because a yeti... Or a Bigfoot, or some sort of cryptid, is burning the body of their family member.
0: Is is that it's a the burial. is that the explanation behind all the wildfires in California right Maybe. now?
1: Well, no, right now it's gender reveal party, which pisses <laughs> me off even more. But <laughs> now I'm picturing Yetis doing gender reveal parties, and I don't like that. I don't like it at all. <laughs>
0: Oh, my God. Someone needs to, like, draw that as a picture. Just a like Yeti gen- gender reveal party. I don't like
1: gender reveal parties, first of all, and I don't know why that thought came into my mind. <laughs>
0: um, <sighs> anyways, so he he walked towards it. After walking two hours, he came across footprints of the creature, and he described them as, quote, similar in shape to those of a man but only six to seven inches long by four inches wide. Um, The prints were undoubtedly those of a biped, unquote. Now, I was curious. So I measured my foot. Mm -hmm. My foot, and I have big feet. I'm not going to lie. I'm like five feet tall and I have big feet. My feet are like nine inches long. And how long were the? Six to seven inches long.
1: What the hell? That's like my foot size. That's That's what what I mean. I have really tiny feet. If this
0: creature is supposed to be six feet tall, right? The average male foot size of a six foot tall male is 11 and a half um, shoe size, which is 11.125 inches long. Okay.
1: So my brother is six foot tall. I think he's actually taller now because he's grown since the last time we measured him. But anyways, and he's got size 12 feet.
0: Yes. Like that's like just slightly above average for a six foot okay. male. That's what I like was this a baby Yeti? This
1: doesn't make sense. <laughs> how did he say how tall this Yeti was?
0: It didn't say, but I'm just saying, like, if the if if all the accounts say that the average size of a Yeti is supposed to be six feet tall, maybe the one that he saw, if it was a Yeti, was like A baby. A baby. But then how would you see it from
1: like 200 300 400 whatever yards away
0: hundreds I, of yards away. I don't i mean if you're in the middle of I the himalayas it, it could have been
1: i think it was a human who was but just like you know what there have been some what, what what time what year was this 1925 okay so there haven't been any report or any scientific um uh, journals about colds and their and their positive effects on human beings so maybe i should figure that out
0: well, that's an interesting thing that you bring it up because I'm going to bring it up again
1: Ooh. in the
0: um, case of the hikers. Hmm. So we'll, we'll talk about that in a, li- a little bit later, but we're going to move on.
1: Because I know there are some positive effects of co- like switching from cold to hot, like especially with showers. Um, how It's they like the Iceman. Yeah, but like. Where he says it's 19-25. very I don't think they would have had these.
0: Like medical Studies breakthroughs. Yet. yet. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. The way my brain thinks. <laughs> anyway, so in the 1950s, interest in the Yeti spiked. So as it should. As it should. Photos of footprints and evidence or quote unquote evidence appeared everywhere in the 1950s. Okay. Um, so photos like um the ones that Eric Shipton took in 1951 Um, He was about 200 feet, 200, sorry, 20,000 feet above sea level where um, it was like quickly debunked because the footprints could have been made by any animal and it just got distorted when the snow was melting around them, which like, again, that's literally my thing. Like it could be any animal and then with the sun heating up the snow could melt it. Um, so on March 19th, 1954, the Daily Mail printed an article about an expedition team obtaining hair samples from an alleged Yeti scalp, which is found in, um, Peng Bosh, um, monastery in Nepal, which apparently is still there. And the, um, hair specimen was taken, was, um, black to brown and it appeared like fox red. Kind of like your hair (laughs) (laughs) in the sun, in the sunlight. Um, So the samples was tested by Professor Frederick Wood Jones, who compared it to other animal hairs like bears and orangutans, but concluded that the hairs were not from the scalp and could be and could not be identified as any animal. He did say, though, that it could come from a hooved animal on like the shoulder area of the animal. Okay. So, another piece of, quote, evidence was found in 1959 by, um, Tom Slick, who found a few, uh, he funded a few missions to investigate, um, the, like, Yeti reports in 1957. So, in 1959, they found a supposed Yeti feces, um, which could not be classified as anything.
1: Okay, but it's... Theses. There's a lot of chemicals that go into that.
0: Yeah, you but they couldn't. It they couldn't it? I, They couldn't identify if it came what from anything. What year was this? 1959.
1: Okay, so they didn't quite have the forensics that we do now. Yeah. So how can they not identify it? Were they just looking at and at here's that the piece thing. of poop and looking at another piece of poop and just being like, "Yep, yeah, nope, can't classify it. <laughs> can't figure out what it looks like.
0: Like. This isn't it. This this is not anything.
1: (laughs) Because I don't think they had, like, the forensics that we I don't think
0: so. But here's the thing. Here's my question. How come, like, in 1959, they suddenly found a piece of feces that, you know, obviously they tested. They said they couldn't identify it. And here in the 21st century where we have science, there's suddenly they don't poop anymore. (laughs) Like, they don't. They
1: Wait, how do they know it came from the yeti though?
0: That's what they 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 don't, they don't know. They just speculated So they that just it came found from. a piece of
1: poop on the ground and we like, "Oh, I bet you this is from
0: the yeti." And that's what because they couldn't classify it as any other animal, that's what but, they concluded. But, but who
1: looked at this piece of poop and was like It was a bunch of scientists. It was like, "Oh, I'm going to I'm going to pick it up and I'm <laughs> going to take a look at it <laughs> through a microscope."
0: <laughs> who does that? It's poop. Well, scientists do f- to check. Is it frozen? F- I'm assuming this is in the Himalayas. Okay, so let's say if it's liquidy. So, that was even worse. So that would be even worse, here's, okay? I didn't add this into my notes, but apparently this Yeti goes all the way back to Alexander the Great, who, like, while he was in that area. who? No. Oh, I was like, what? <laughs> I'm just saying, So th- this is why the Yeti only exists in, like, the Himalayas, right? Okay. So apparently this goes all the way back to Alexander the Great, where okay. he heard stories of this Yeti dude. And he wanted to see one. But the people of the area were like, well, you can't. And he's like, why? And they go, well, he'll die if he goes below a certain altitude. So either you come up and find him or, like, you don't see him at at all. Mm -hmm. So he, like, never went up. (laughs) What a pussy. Um. Yes. So, anyways, because there was a huge boom in trying to discover the Yeti, mm-hmm. the United States... Oh, no. The government decided to create three rules that you have to follow.
1: Okay. If you want
0: to be part of any expedition.
1: Oh, uh, okay. I'm kind of concerned, but okay.
0: Rule number... Actually, these kind of make sense. Okay. Rule number one, um, you have to attain a Nepalese permit. Okay. Standard. Standard. Rule number two, do not harm the Yeti except for self-defense. Okay, but... They'll claim everything as
1: self-defense. They'll see a bird walking by and, like, explode it, blow it up, and they'll be like, the bird wasn't on my property.
0: I shot the bird because it was threatening the lives of my petunias. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> so I don't really like
0: We that don't thing. condone violence on this show. Anyways, rule number three. You have to let the Nepalese government approve any news reportings on the animal's discovery. So if they do so if find it. If discover it, you have to let the N- Nepo- Napoleons know. And if they, and they could I upright. I said Napoleon. Napoleon. <laughs> and they could upright just refuse. And just say no. So. You never know. So. But I feel like they would
1: just say, well, I found the Yeti anyways. They wouldn't.
0: <laughs> but if they already found now. it, then why didn't they say anything now?
1: Um, I don't know. Maybe because they got paid off.
0: By what?
1: The government. Maybe the government's like... That was like a secret agency just for uh, protecting the Yeti. Just for, for Yeti protection? Yeah. Maybe that's <laughs> where all the cryptids are, and that's why. Maybe. They're all together. the Napoleon... Napoleon government <laughs> nepalese nepalese government is like we got to protect these guys and they the government pays off maybe they
0: have like and everybody like like jurassic park but yeah, for cryptids. exactly and that's where all the bones are and all the creatures maybe they just live a happy, happy maybe life. anyways we're we're, That'd we're be a good movie that would be oh my god i would love that movie <laughs> Instead of a T-Rex, it's a Yeti. (laughs) No, no. instead of a T-Rex, it's a Loch Ness (laughs) Monster. Nessie attacked me Run away. (laughs) Yeah, but you'd be, just get out of the
1: water. can't go and land.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. It's like, you know, in Jurassic World, that, that, I think it's in the the first one, Jurassic World, where like they have the shot, the, the, the creature, I don't remember the name of it. Megalodon? No, not the Meg. It was like another dino creature that they had in the tank and it like came out of the water and like ate the cow or whatever. The
1: Megalodon.
0: Is that what it is? I believe so. I don't think so. Anyways. I think I thought if, it was. It would be like that but Nessie. Hold up.
1: I got to google it now cuz it's I don't watery. think
0: it's the Meg cuz the Meg is like the great white shark but like 20 times bigger.
1: I don't know how to pronounce this.
0: <laughs> See, it's not the Meg. It's not the megalodon, because the Megalodon's literally a shark, and this isn't a shark.
1: Hold up, let me see a picture. It's a... Uh-uh. <laughs> I still can't pronounce it. <laughs> let me see. It's a, like, a mos... Oh, wow. Mosasaurus? Mosasaurus?
0: Yeah, Mosasaurus. Yeah, that was it. It's not the megalodon. It's a lizard. Ew. Yeah. Apparently. Anyways... I'm just saying, if instead of that, it'd be Nessie coming out of the water eating the thing. (laughs) Okay, moving on, back to the Yeti. So, since there was um, a supposed Yeti scalp in the monastery um, in Nepal, Sir Edmund Hillary decided that um, tests needed to be done on the scalp to further prove the existence of the Yeti. So, in 1960, he borrowed the alleged scalp, brought it to London, and had Marcia Burns conduct a detailed examination on the sample of um, skin and hair taken from the scalp margin. So the sample was compared with sample specimens of um, Sarah, which is kind of, it kind of looks like a goat, but it's native to the Himalaya region, Um, a blue bear and a black bear. Um, But it concluded that the samples... Well, um, quote, was probably made from the skin of an animal closely resembling um, the sample specimen of saro, but definitely not identical with it. Possibly a local variety or race of the same species or a different but closely related species, end quote. So again, like, even though they did test, it literally could be anything. Is it like,
1: possible that it was a saro? right, if I pronounced that correctly? Yeah. But... It had a mutation.
0: Like it was born deformed. Or mutated. Or mutated.
1: Or it was born of a different species, like two species mixed or whatever.
0: That's possible. That is possible. I still don't
1: think it's the Yeti. Though.
0: I don't think so, but they literally, it's in, as I saw pictures I want, of it. As it's as in as a monster. want
1: the Yeti to be real.
0: <laughs> we only want the adorable snowman to be real.
1: The one from Monsters Inc.
0: The same. one from Monsters Inc. So in um, the nineteen seventies, British mountaineer Don Willens scaled Annapurna, which is um, in north central Nepal, and it cla- and he claimed to have seen a creature moving on all fours. We will get back to this in a, a second. It could have been. I literally, I don't know. He he didn't really say like what it looked like, okay. but if it was, they say the Yetis bipedal, which okay. means it walks on two legs. Okay. We'll get back to this because this comes up again later on. Okay, like years later. Okay, so this brings us back to the um to the twenty first century. So in two thousand and seven, host of Destination Truth, Joshua Gates, which by the way I actually really like the show, and they they do like a pretty good job in trying to like show. I figure watched, it out I watched it all yes. the time all the time I, I love it. it so he brings his team um to nepal um in the everest region and they found footprints measuring 13 inches in length 9.8 inches um across and it had five toes i was like i don't even have five toes <laughs> i do <laughs> i was like five toes that's not too many <laughs> We're not animation cartoons, okay? We have, have five, five toes, pose. five fingers. Um. Anyways, is it possible it's just a human? I guess your feet, like, if it's a really
1: how? Okay, so it was thirteen inches long, right? Yeah,
0: nine inches wide. Nine point eight, so about ten inches wide. That. I guess. chantel's just (laughs) holding her fingers up at a distance like is this it hey i'm trying to
1: get a visual because i'm
0: like just think okay look at the tile squares on my floor Mm -hmm. 13 inches is just an inch bigger than a tile square
1: but how far is nine inches
0: i don't know
1: (laughs) but still that looks like an average size foot
0: that's what i mean Like, right? So they they actually took a mold of the footprint, and they took it to, um... Oh, we have a measuring tape. tape. My mother gave us a measuring tape. Look at this. Okay. This is 10 inches across. Okay. Right? And this is 13 inches.
1: Okay, that's a bit weird. The width looks
0: pretty wide. Like, for an average person, yeah. The it's width, um, it, the, the width looks big though. Right? Well, that's what they found. Like it looks pretty big. It's almost like they have square feet.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> you know, it like a square. <laughs> a square foot, just slightly longer.
1: <laughs> but like your your foot, it's wider at the top than it is at the base.
0: Yeah. So I guess the, I'm I'm assuming the ten inches is like the widest area of, of the, the foot. foot, right? Yeah. But so, even then, that's like really wide. Yeah, maybe this dude needs to go see a foot doctor. <laughs>
1: maybe he's got like some sort of growth on his foot. Oh my goodness! So, the hobbit. what?
0: <laughs> the, hobbit. the Hobbit. The Hobbit. Yes, it yeah, was a it, it was, was a, a Hobbit. hobbit. That, it was a that's hobbit. it. My mother. My mother solved it. solved it. Case closed. That's it. We're done with this episode. It's a Hobbit, it's guys. It's a Hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> So, they took the mold to Idaho State University, where they were examined by um, a professor of autonomy and anthropology, as well as Department of Anthropology, Jeff Meldrum. Okay. Who, he actually, like, he studied the, like, he examined the foot, right? Mm-hmm. And he, he comes up a little bit later as well, um, debunking a lot of stuff, because he's like, it's just not physically possible. Anyway, so at first, when he first analyzed it, he said that um, it's too morphologically perfect to be fake or man-made. So he said that it was real. But after further examination, he retracted his statement and was like, no. No. Maybe he was just tired that day. Maybe. Maybe. It's possible. People do get tired. He's a doctor, right? Yeah. Don't
1: they have, like, a lot of work they have to do? Aren't they, like, doing, like, 20-hour days? And he's a professor. Oh, shit. So he teaches. He teaches. Oh, man, he's got kids emailing him constantly. That poor dude.
0: Yeah. Sometimes I feel like, as a student, I'm just, I annoy my teachers too much sometimes. And I I feel bad. I don't
1: email them. I don't message them. I do what they tell me to do, and I feel like I annoy them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> like oh my god as soon as she starts reading and she's like oh right <laughs> like oh my god the chantal chick oh my god i hate her so much right That's probably what they're <laughs> thinking um anyway so he also debunked a bunch of enthusiasts and scientists who um in 2011 at a russian conference said that they have quote 95% evidence of a yeti 95% so that means there's a 5% Chance that Chance it's not, not. <laughs> but he debunked it as like a publicity stunt.
1: Like, even if he had 95%, I would be still be like, No, nope, I, I need like 100%. 100%. I need
0: 110%. Yeah, anyway, so he debunked that because he was like, This is just they're just being dumb and stupid, and this is just for publicity. Mm -hmm. so um in 2009 gates the um destination truth host also brought hair samples to a forensic analyst and they could not identify them they said it was part of an uh unknown dna sequence so again
1: i don't sequence doesn't say much i mean
0: they even say though like hair samples on a human sometimes isn't
1: well they degrade. Yeah. And most of the time when they're looking at DNA, they look at the um the root of the mm-hmm. hair, not the actual hair itself. Yeah.
0: So I I don't know how, like, they, how well they conducted this, but, yeah. It could be debunked.
1: And, like, if the hair was dipped in chemicals.
0: Which they often do. Like, they bleach the hair first. That was, like, what I read. They, um based on the hair samples that they got from the first... Evidence um, back in like the 50s, was it the 50s? Something like that, or 60s. They bleached the hair mm-hmm. and then did studies on it. So that damages the roots
1: and it damages the DNA sequence because it's a yeah. chemical. Yeah. And it's a corrosive chemical.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. In December of 2011, Russia claimed, and this goes back to um, Don Willens, who said that he saw this animal thing on four feet like walking on four feet this goes back to him so in 2011 russia um claimed to have captured a russia claimed to have captured a um hairy two-legged female creature similar to a gorilla that ate meat and vegetation
1: how rude maybe it was just a hairy woman walking around (laughs) maybe she was just living her best life you know
0: maybe they caught it so basically they caught it they caught they they claimed to have caught it and i actually remember hearing about this in the news i like it was a news story that i remember back in 2011 i I remember them talking about it 2011 we hit we like just started high school yeah i was just gonna say like we were really young we were like three that was like oh my god i'm gonna age yourself that was almost that was nine years ago no yes it was Uh it's 2020 we started high school in 2011 that was nine years ago
1: i don't like that no i'm just gonna say no (laughs) No. i'm starting high school tomorrow (laughs) no i'm starting elementary school tomorrow
0: oh my god um anyways so basically what happened was a hunter claimed to have seen a bear-like creature trying to kill one of his sheep But, um, upon shooting at it, the creature ran into the forest on two feet.
1: Bears can run on two feet?
0: That's what I mean. If they were really scared.
1: I've seen bears just walk up to people on two feet casually. Yeah. I mean, mean, not with my eyes. I've seen videos of it, but still.
0: So, that's what I mean. Like, it, it was a bear. Okay, it was a bear. He literally said it was a bear-like creature. What if it was just an abnormally large bear?
1: What if it was a human in a bear suit?
0: <laughs> oh my god. I, I still What want... if it was
1: the Yeti in a bear suit?
0: <laughs> How did the Yeti get a bear suit? Walmart. Just. <laughs> Walked up was like, give me your best bear suit. <laughs> no yeah, questions asked.
1: Yeah, maybe Amazon delivered it to his cave
0: or wherever he lives. <laughs> Amazon delivers anywhere. Prime, prime, you know, one day, <laughs> one day delivery. It came on like a droid. <laughs> a drone? A drone. They like dropped it off and like released it in front of his cave. <laughs> Uh anyways, um it was later to be a hoax. Like they revealed it was a hoax and a publicity stunt, so standard. That's that. The um the latest um like sighting account that I could find was in April of 2019 where um an Indian Army mountaineer expedition climbed um claimed to have found footprints measuring 32 inches long by 15 inches wide at the Mount Ma- Ma- base camp 32 inches 32 wide? inches long.
1: Oh, I was like 32 wide and then 15 long that's that's dumb. okay, so 32 long okay. this is how
0: long 32 inches is. That's like the size of my leg. Okay, that's, that's the, the size of my arm. That's
1: pretty standard. That's the size of my foot.
0: See? <laughs> <laughs> that 32 inches long is the size my of my is, like, is the size of my arm like, to the center inches. of my chest. And then it was 15 inches wide, which I guess sounds more like a foot.
1: Okay, that makes more sense than that other one.
0: Yeah. But like 30 that's the size of my arm. That's huge.
1: Some animals are that big. Have you ever seen a moose? Yeah. They can grow to be a bit taller than the, the evergreen trees. But you know
0: you know my dad's truck? The mm-hmm. Ford when we were driving to um uh Algonquin, we like had to stop because a moose was trying to catch the road and the moose was bigger than the truck. Mm-hmm. Like I swear, it was taller than the truck.
1: Mooses are fairly large, so there are animals that can be that big.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um right. So that that was like the last encounter that, that's a pretty big foot. Yeah, that's a huge foot. For s- something that's supposed to be six feet so tall. That's
1: not a that's not a human.
0: No. That's not a human foot. Or is it? Maybe the it human could be put man-made. a snow made and just made them in the yeah, shape of a foot. It could be. It literally could be anything. You know how easy it is to make footprints in the snow? It's very easy so <laughs> we would know we live in canada <laughs> we wake up one morning with three feet of snow in the ground like and then oh, the geez. next day there's
1: no snow it's all gone i know
0: it's the weirdest anyways
1: and then the next day you can't get out of your house because there's too much snow
0: <laughs> i you know what i missed i miss like snow days
1: i miss snow days i wish work had snow days i My know god oh the best time ever was waking up, looking outside and being like, there's <gasps> Is so much snow on the ground. And you go on to your, Yay! you go and check and then it's a snow day. Yes. And you're like, "Yeah!" So you go back to bed and your parents are yelling at you to get up and
0: you're like, it's a snow day. <laughs> and you get to sleep in. Oh, man. What a time. So those were the encounters. You're probably wondering what the heck does this have to do with the nine hikers in Russia? And were
1: they attacked by a Yeti? I think I remember this. What
0: le- I'm gonna talk, I'm gonna go f- right from the beginning of um the encounter from like when they left when they started their trip all the way to when they um were discovered and and some theories that some people have because, like I said, it's an unknown case, like it's an unsolved case, um, even though they say that it is, there's a lot of Variables, part of this, that just some of the theories don't make sense. For the hiking. For the hiking. So, this happened in 1959, early
1: 1959 in February. You weren't born yet.
0: Got it. Right. Ten hikers, two females and eight males, went on a hiking trip to um, the northern Ural Mountains in Russia. They were all grade two hikers. Okay. Which, at the time um was like the second highest level that you can get as a hiker. Okay, that still doesn't instill confidence. Like I feel like you would need to be the
1: highest level.
0: Well that that's the thing. So after this trip, they were going to be given their certificate for the grade three hike um hikers.
1: Well obviously they don't deserve it since they all died.
0: tell you just talk it's so dark. <laughs> <laughs>
1: maybe they weren't as, maybe okay.
0: they were going to be anybody, given their grade think three maybe
1: they bribed someone to be able to get their grade two
0: they were all experienced hikers every single one of them were experienced how hikers. how many hikes have they done well in order to be grade two hikers you'd have to have a lot of okay, experience but, but maybe they and they were experienced uh have skiers they, as well have they
1: okay but hiking and climbing is two different things Hiking is one thing, but climbing a mountain is completely I different. I
0: was looking at, like, the different grades and stuff, and, like, for grade two, you'd have to reach a certain amount of um, height in climbing and, like, um, distance in hiking in order okay. to get the certificate. So they were grade two hikers. And hiking
1: and climbing. Yes. Okay. That It's, like, part I of the like, whole thing. I was, like... Climbing and hiking are two completely different and things. And I think
0: it also includes, especially, like, where, like, it's in Russia, in the yeah. Russian mountains. I think skiing also is part of that as well. Okay. So that you had to be able to do all three, and they were grade two level. And after this trip, they were all going to be given their grade three level because they would have done, like, more. Like, they would have okay. gone further.
1: But is it possible they weren't as experienced as they thought? Like even though they had done the complete distance, maybe it was like easier hiking trails and climbs.
0: These are the Russian mountains. Like there's no trail like you had to make your own path.
1: Listen, I make my own path to work every day,
0: okay? <laughs> I make my own path in life. <laughs> um anyways, the point all you need to know is that they were very experienced okay, hikers. Very
1: experienced hikers.
0: And they, and they, they, went, they, on h- they went on trip. this hiking trip.
1: They never came back. Got it.
0: They were being led by Igor um D De- uh Dyatlov, which is what this whole the Dyatlov um mystery is named after him. So then he must play a crucial role. In well, he was the leader next. of the group. He was the one who who made the arrangements. The arrangements, okay. and he was the one who made the path and all that. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, um, there were a bunch of college students ranging from ages 20 to 38 and they all studied at Ural Polytech Institute. And, um, like I said, they were going to be given their grade three certificate upon their return, um, which at the time was the highest certificate that you can get in hiking and skiing and climbing. Okay. So, um, the journey started on January 23rd when their route was approved by Sverdolf, I'm, I'm sorry if I said that wrong um city route commission so in order to go on a um hiking trip like this you mm-hmm. had to get it approved by the city and they okay. did okay. they got it approved so as soon as they got it approved they all left and they took a train to Ivdel um where they arrived two days and then um they arrived two days later after the 23rd, so on the 25th. And then on the 27th, they started their trip after they took a truck to um, Vizhe. So on the 28th, one of the hikers, the day, so they, they were hiking for a day and then the next day. Okay. One of the hikers, Yuri Yudin, turned back due to an illness and a knee and joint problem, so he just went back. The remaining... Uh, I, I'm assuming... Well that's the thing, like he he died in two thousand thirteen, I think. And he said in like so in like the amounts of interviews that he've done with, with so many people, he regretted leaving. Really? Because he's like, this was like I was part of the group. Wouldn't you Survivor's feel guilty though? Guilt, yeah, guilt. like wouldn't you feel guilty if like you were on an expedition with, with a group of people that you considered your friends? And then, like the next thing you know, they're they're all dead. dead. Mm-hmm. and like you were supposed to be survivor's part of guilt. that. So he he lived with that guilt, and he felt so bad about the whole thing. And he
1: he did nothing wrong. I mean, I know it's survivors I get guilt, it, but at the same guilty, time, but,
0: like, it's like if if I was supposed to be part of that group that all died, like I would feel lucky. But at the same time, I'm like, like
1: don't worry, if I die, I'll come haunt you. So it's okay.
0: You'll be my ghost. I'll be your ghost. Right. So they conti- so the other nine hikers continued on. And on January 31st, they arrived at the edge of the highland area and began to prepare to climb. Um and in the highland area, they hid away some extra supplies and food so that they can take it back for their return back. Okay. And they didn't have to have the extra weight when they were um going to Plenty where they goes, were supposed okay. to. Um so On February 1st, they deviated west because of, um, bad weather conditions, and they ended up on top of, um, Kolat Saekil, Saekil, is that what I said? Yes, that, (laughs) um, where they descended, uh, where they decided to just make camp there. Um, the one that left, Yuri Yundin, he believes that the reason why they didn't go down, to where like down the hill to where for the forest was was because they were already at the altitude that they wanted to get and they didn't want to lose that altitude. So that's why they made it at the top of the landing instead of going below um to get to where the forest is to to have more like like um shelter. Okay. So that's that was his theory behind why they stayed at the top. Um so they they made camp there and um yeah. So prior the thing prior to leaving, Dyatlov agreed to send a telegraph to the sports club as soon as they returned back to um, Vizhay. Okay. And he said the same thing when Yudin left, but um, he said like they expected it to take about like a, maybe by February twelfth they'd get the the message, but um, Dyatlov told uh, Yudin that it might take longer just because you never know with these hiking trips, so expect a delay. So that's what they did. They they didn't expect anything to come like it was normal for stuff to be delayed in, in expeditions like this. So when February 12th came and no message was received, there wasn't a huge concern. But days passed, and they didn't receive anything. So on February 20th, family and friends began to... And they formed a search and rescue crew, which were, um, they were later joined by the army and militia, which provided helicopters and planes to look at the area and see if they can find anything. Six days later, um, Michael Shvarvin, I hope I'm saying that right, found the abandoned camp of the Dyatlov group. He said, quote, the tent was half torn down and covered with snow. It was empty and all the group's belongings and shoes had been left behind, end quote.
1: Okay.
0: Investigators said that the tent was ripped open from the inside, not the outside. That's important to note.
1: So it was definitely not a Yeti.
0: Well, here's my thing. If it was open from the inside, maybe they were trying to escape and they just couldn't find the zipper, so they just grabbed their knives and ripped it open.
1: Okay, I can see that
0: right, yeah, like that's i don't I don't know that's my thinking, but it's it's kind of like like what made them leave the tent in the first place,
1: well, it's dark out i've I've camped out in the snow before and in a forest,
0: but they let like if you're gonna like
1: trees make sounds, yeah, there was one time. When I was camping in Algonquin, I was doing the canoe portage route and there was a bad storm and it was like tornado weather and we couldn't get back because we couldn't canoe on the lake (laughs) to get back to where the cars were. So we're like, we'll keep an eye on the weather and we'll, we'll go to sleep. So we're in our tent, right? And the trees are making sounds because they're rubbing against each other, and it mm-hmm. sounds uh, really loud, and it sounds like an animal roaring.
0: Yeah, it does sound very loud. Like we've we've been through those kind of conditions before as well. So I guess, but so here's the thing: but then I again, watched.
1: experience so maybe they would know that.
0: Mm-hmm. I watched part of a documentary called um, "Russian Yeti," the the Yeti Kills, I think is what it's called. Sorry, I'll get I talk about it a little bit later. The ye- the killer lives. So the Russian uh Russian Yeti, The Killer Lives. It was a documentary. Fun fact, um com- um commentated by is that what you call it? Commentated <laughs> commentated by Kevin Conroy. So the entire time I'm watching it, I'm like Batman, Batman is talking about Yetis. Picture <laughs> bet
1: you're the Batman's a Yeti.
0: Ooh that's a good theory. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> um in the documentary, and again, I you can by the way, the the images that they show were the real actual images of the remains of the bodies that they found and it's disgusting. It's it's brutal. But um they had video of them at the camp and i don't know if it was reenacted or if it's the actual video like they it was never really specified but in the video they were they were like running around screaming so again i don't know if it was reenact if it was reenacted or if it was like the actual thing but um just i something scared them i would think if you're going to rip open your tent from the inside to escape mm-hmm. something must have scared them so yeah. so when they found when they found the camp they noted that nine footprints were found around the camp okay and it's notable because these footprints were um were not made by shoes they were made by like with socks as if you were with your socks okay but they found all the pairs of shoes inside the tent right some of them, because some of the footprints also had like one shoe. Like okay. if you looked at the pair, one of them would be with a shoe.
1: Okay. Um, and and
0: some of them were barefoot. Okay. So these um, these footprints led down to the opposite side of the pass. So um, at the edge of the forest, under ice um, a Siberian tree pine tree, um, remains of a small fire were found, and the first two bodies were discovered. Okay. And they were shoeless and they were only in their underwear. And then between the pine tree and the camp, three more bodies were discovered, um, 300, 480, and 630 meters from the tree. And the poses that they were discovered in looked like they were, like, running towards the tent. Okay. Um, and, yeah. So, it took two months to find the other four bodies um on May 4th where they dis- were discovered 4 meters underneath the snow and um 75 meters further from the wood further into the woods from the pine tree near a ravine okay. and their bodies were more damaged than anything else okay i would like to put a um viewer listener discretion because it's pretty gruesome And, um, I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Also, just be warned that they show the actual images in the documentary, so if you're going to go and watch the documentary, they have, like, viewer discretion is advised kind of thing. And they're like, I mean, I didn't get sick watching it, but it was pretty gross. Okay. So, the cause of death for the first five bodies was hypothermia. And they- they concluded that one of the four bodies that they found near the ravine also died of hypothermia. Um, and one of the first five hikers had a cracked skull, but they determined that it wasn't fatal, so that wasn't the cause of death. Okay. But if he had a cracked skull, he must have been...
1: Disoriented.
0: Right? Or, like, he, like something hit him, or something he fell, or something. You, we don't know. Um, the... uh. Yes. Okay. Now, the way that these, the other three bodies were found is what kind of puts a question into, like, what the hell... Happened? Happened. Okay. Because, and you'll you'll understand because a lot of the theories that they come up with just doesn't make sense. Okay. So, one of the bodies had major skull damage. Two of the bodies had major chest, um, fractions which fractures. bore... Fractures, which um, one of the examiners had said it was, in do- it was done in such a degree that the fractures were, like, were comparable to a car crash as if okay. a car were crushing you. One of the two bodies also had their eyes missing, and the last body was probably the worst of state. Um, it was one of the women, and she had her eyes missing, and a fragment of her skull bone missing and her tongue missing.
1: Hmm.
0: And they all had like internal in um injuries as well. Okay. The the funny the the mysterious part about it is that they didn't have and I don't know if this is just like because they were in the snow and they were just preserved really well, they didn't show any external like wounds like bruises or anything that you would get is if like you know when you if if you get like hit by a car and you survive but you have broken ribs you're gonna have the bruises Mm -hmm. for that on your skin they didn't show any of that so that like what caused that yeah if they didn't have any external um Signs. signs how did it happen you, it's just it's so weird like it's it's such a i don't know i'm just going to sum up what journalists had like written about the um events okay. and this kind of just sums up the whole thing again so six of the group members died of hypothermia while three had fatal injuries okay. um no indication of other people near the area aside from the nine hikers okay the tent had been cut open from the inside okay um the victims that had died um they died six to eight hours after their last meal. Okay. So if you're thinking it was cannibalism, it's not. No, I wasn't
1: thinking
0: that. Um, traces of the camp showed that the hikers left the camp on their own accord on foot.
1: Okay.
0: High levels of radiation were found on only one of the hikers' clothing. Um, you And some people thought that They were attacked by the indigenous um, Manzi people, but they're, but um, they debunked that because the um, examiners had said that they're, quote, because the force of the blows had been too strong and no soft tissue had been damaged, um, end quote. The humans are, like, humans are not capable of doing that much force, that much damage. Okay. You know, unless you're with a weapon kind of thing. But even then, you can't. Comparable to a car crash, mm-hmm. that's pushing it. Um, unless you're Superman. Um, release documents contained no information about the conditions of the skier's internal organs, but they did say that they, like, they had like internal like internal injuries. Okay. And there were no survivors. So that's what the r- journalists had reported on the case, and. Um, yeah, so let's get into some of the theories as to what may have caused nine experienced hikers to have all died, some more brutally than others. Um, the first is an avalanche. Okay. Um, they say, like, it, it is common in those areas, like, you're in the Russian mountains, you never know what's going to happen, mm-hmm. but they they're experienced hikers so they would know if they were in an area that would be in a avalanche path so yeah, they but
1: sometimes avalanches like they might not be an avalanche path yeah and they could happen
0: mhm so i get like it could have happened and they just maybe weren't thinking or maybe they just thought okay this isn't it's not likely to happen and it did happen but there was no strong evidence of an avalanche actually like there occurring occurring. like the bodies weren't covered in a lot of snow, like they were covered in snow but not a significant amount of snow that an avalanche would cause it and how would you explain the internal injuries how how
1: high were they up to the uh summit how close were they do you know
0: it said that they were um 1.5 kilometers from the forest below
1: okay but how how close to the top of the mountain it didn't i couldn't
0: find anything on that
1: okay cuz if the cuz if the avalanche started at the top of the mountain by the time like if it hit something that would slow it down by the time it got to the hikers yeah it might not have had as much snow
0: yeah but then how do you explain the internal injuries have you ever been hit by a block of ice or snow yeah but even then it's you'd have yeah <laughs> but you'd have external evidence of you being hit by something and they weren't. They didn't have that.
1: Yeah, but snow can be soft but still forceful blow.
0: Yeah. But how does that explain their eyes and tongue missing? Maybe a crow <laughs> came and was like, ooh, dinner <laughs> Didn't you watch Pirates of the Caribbean? Yeah. But only I don't know. I mean I don't know I how just many don't, crows are on the mountain. But. I just don't <laughs> think that an avalanche would kill and how do you explain the radiation on one of the clothes?
1: Listen, many things can cause radiation,
0: but only on one of them.
1: Yeah, possibly. Maybe he was just extra susceptible.
0: One of the things that one of the theories that people have that I didn't put because I think it was like too far-fetched was aliens. Aliens. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I really don't think aliens. I saw that one yeah. Um. By the way, this was on. Um, BuzzFeed Unsolved. They talked about it. So I think okay, that must might be where, where I you heard, heard it. it. Yeah. And that was one of Ryan's theories. And Shane was like, really? R- like, and then when he heard the Yeti theory, he was just, he just got up and left. <laughs> in Shane's, like, fashion.
1: Listen, I think <laughs> aliens are plausible. Because I believe in aliens.
0: hmm
1: Whether they're coming to Earth to, like, kill hikers.
0: I don't know. I I don't know. I just I don't
1: know. I'm not saying that it's what happened. I'm just saying it's a possibility. Yeah. It's like it's like mythbusters. It's plausible.
0: It's plausible. We're not saying it's any not of confirmed. these Yeah. It's we're plausible. not saying that these theories happen. It's just Yeah. And um in the the, avalanche. in the report Okay. They said that the avalanche and like natural causes is what killed them, but people are like How does that explain the tongue and, like... Maybe she bit her own tongue off. The eyes. Like, the eyes I said were, like, gouged out. Like, they had no eyes. No eyeballs. Their eyeballs were missing.
1: Okay. Maybe during the avalanche, she bit her tongue, and it goes flying over that direction, away from her body, so they couldn't find it. Ew. And then they're trapped in snow, so they're trying to scratch... But then their eyes are burning, so they're scratching their eyes. Maybe it was a panic, and they didn't know.
0: Because yeah. like it's cold,
1: right? It's what negative forty.
0: Um, um, they said like negative thirty.
1: Okay, so that's still cold.
0: It's in. It's you're in the middle of Fe- Like it's in the middle of February. February is usually like the coldest so month of the it's year. It's cold.
1: It's negative thirty.
0: It's in Russia too. So you're like in Russia, Russian winters. You're panicked because you're
1: stuck under snow. You don't know which way's up. Yeah. Maybe like if you're maybe you're going into hypothermic shock. You don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. You're confused, so you start scratching your eyes and you dig out your own eyes.
0: But how do you explain the fractured chest?
1: The snow hit them hard enough and they fell over and went flying.
0: Yeah. Anyways, that, that was one of the ther- theories. Another theory was infras- um, infrasound. And this theory came about by Donnie Etchar, who hyped um, hypothesized that um, winds were going around the area and were created by a Carmen Vortex um, street which caused infrastrand which is capable of inducing panic attacks and he believes that the hikers had a panic attack which resulted in them leaving the camp okay. and um, the explanation behind the injuries of the three bodies was that they fell off a cliff And they fell on rocks at the bottom of the ravine, but how do you explain the eyes and the tongue? Okay, maybe she, when she fell,
1: she bit her tongue out, and they went flying in one direction, and she went flying in the other direction.
0: But, like, what about the eyes? Because the eyeballs were out of two, two people were missing their eyeballs.
1: Okay, maybe, (laughs) when she hit the ground... Like you know, you're injured. She's delusional. She doesn't really know what's going on, so she starts like freaking out and scratching and being like, "Maybe I'm being attacked." And then scratches her own eyes out. Ooh, I don't
0: know. I would also like to say, though, I forgot. I'm to not put this a medical
1: professional, notes. so I don't know. Yeah, again, <laughs> we're not
0: professionals. We don't know. But I, I do want to say, when they found the bodies, they had to wait for the bodies to defrost in order to do examinations on them. Um. So, that yeah. That
1: that must have been a. Uh,
0: that was a lovely sight. You just walk by the room and there's, like, a dead corpse like this. Like, oh Yeah, you're waiting for it. You have to wait for it to defrost. That's something that never occurred to me. Yeah, like, they were, you're in the Russian winter. They're frozen, right? Yeah. They died of hypothermia, freezing. Um, oh,
1: I bet you could hear them cracking. Oh, God. oh. thinking about it.
0: Ew, No, okay, anyways, sorry, listener discretion is advised, like I said before, oh my. Another theory is that military tests were being done in the area which could explain the radiation of the one hiker, Okay. but um, there was no reports of military tests being done at the time. But if they're trying to cover it up. That's the thing, like the government, I think a lot of people theorize that the government is trying to hide and do cover-ups on this particular case.
1: Yeah, because if they were doing... if It is possible. It is possible. Cause because
0: at, at the time, Russia was still the Soviet Union. They weren't like, you know. Yeah. They were part of the Soviet Union. So anything, it could be possible. Yeah. But again, if it was military tests being done, how do you explain the fractures...
1: Well, okay, so if they were doing military tests nearby, Mm -hmm. depending on what they were testing, if it was, like, explosions or something...
0: They could have gone delusional.
1: They could have have been hit by, like, a shockwave. Yeah. And those can have forces of Mm -hmm. car crashes. Yeah. And then maybe... But only on three of the
0: bodies?
1: Yeah, but maybe, like, some of them were, were able to get away... The other ones but
0: the other ones were only, like, the th- four bodies that were found where the ravine was was only 75 meters away. Yeah, but
1: depending on where they were, because Busters did this myth, and depending on what they were behind, the the shockwave, you could be protected from a shockwave depending on what you're behind, what object you're behind. Mm-hmm. You'll probably still get injuries, most likely, but it can protect you from the um, shockwave, yeah. basically. But maybe the military went in and cut out that girl's tongue and eyes because they were like, you saw nothing. You can't see anything about it. And just left them for
0: dead in the snow.
1: Yeah. So they can't even, like, write down what they saw.
0: Yeah. But then... That's a bit morbid. <laughs> yeah, it is. Because then you have to think the military, after they formed the, like, search and rescue team, the military joined them later on.
1: Yeah, but what better way to avoid suspicion?
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Right, it's like it's like all those. Uh, that's why movies a lot of people do think that and TV shows about killers. They get yeah. themselves involved.
0: That's why a lot of people do think that this is a military cover up, um, and it's just that's just what it's going to be. Like it's not going to ever be solved. There's no. no definitive proof about what happened. So that's one theory. Um, one theory. Um, which could explain why they were found undressed, mm-hmm. was um, paradoxical undressing, which says that, um, and scientists have proved this, that hypothermia can cause the body to, like psychologically for you to think that you're warm, so you strip your clothes. Mm-hmm. and But you're, you're hypothermic right so you you just think that you're hot but you're not and that's why they stripped their clothes and that would explain why they were found undressed but not all of them were found undressed Mm -hmm. and that also does not explain the internal injuries of the three hikers yeah
1: and if it was and if it was hypothermia not all of them would have the same symptoms of hypothermia yeah. Because it can affect people differently. hmm But I don't think it was that.
0: Yeah. So here, f- Out of all of them, that's
1: the one that makes the least amount of sense to me.
0: Yeah. So the final theory goes back to the Yeti. And I got this, like I said, it's from the documentary called um, Russian Yeti, The Killer Lives. Um, in 2014, they um, they did a documentary about it saying that they it couldn't, the things that they think happened, like the theories behind it just didn't make sense. So they're like, could be a Yeti. Um, so two of these, so they, they interviewed two of the last surviving eyewitness. Um, they, they interviewed two of the last surviving um, witnesses of the rescue team who found the camp. Okay. Um, so they interviewed um, Michael and Yuri. Not Yuri the different one Yuri. it's a different Yuri. It's a very common Russian name. Um and they said that there was another set of footprints that were at the um, campsite made by something unknown. And they mm. did not but here's it, the, they didn't record it as part of their testimony when they did the investigation
1: so is this a publicity stunt or
0: well that's what i mean and you don't and nobody why did it take all the way from 1959 to 2014 why did it take that many years for them to say oh yeah by the way there were another set of footprints there and Mm -hmm. it's just convenient that they're the last two surviving
1: Members. members
0: of the search party and it's convenient that a yeti's been
1: seen or not really seen but there's been evidence and i'm doing air quotes here guys yeah evidence of a yeti right in russia
0: like it's i this is to me it's a bit of a stretch but it could explain like a yeti could have very strong muscles i guess (laughs) which could could be very strong yes yes which could cause the car car accident type um fractures Mm -hmm. and it could also like maybe the yeti was just attacking
1: and or maybe the yeti felt threatened
0: maybe so maybe what had happened was it attacked the three people that had the the injuries mm-hmm. and the other six hikers like just ran away mm-hmm. out of fear and hid and because they were hiding they didn't know how long they had they died of hypothermia mm-hmm. which could also explain like maybe when they were in the tent they ripped it open because maybe they heard something outside it and scared them. it scared them so they were frantically trying to get out of the tent to escape hmm that could explain it, but like,
1: I don't think it was a yeti.
0: I don't think it was a yeti. Like, it's just convenient that, if, like, fifty years sorry, later, they're I just like thought
1: of this. But what if mm-hmm. the military test they were doing caused an avalanche?
0: Maybe. What if they were attacked by a bear, and that's what the it unknown could be footprints that. It
1: were? Could be that too. But then, how come you don't see any pictures of these unknown footprints?
0: That's what I mean. Like they didn't have any documentation on anything. Like they had photographs of the other foot, like of the footprints of where the hikers were, and like the the tent that was like down and covered in snow and all that. And they had pictures of the bodies they found in the snow, but there's no. And they they didn't like say anything to journalists. They didn't say anything to news reporters or anything like that about the unknown footprints. Mm-hmm. So why so many years later they're suddenly going to say, oh yeah. I remember they were also footprints there.
1: I bet you the Yeti's probably sitting somewhere in the, um, where was it? Not Russia. In uh,
0: Nepal. Yeah, Nepal.
1: Thank you. <laughs> and probably sitting in Nepal being like, oh, these guys always want to blame me for everything. <laughs> Maybe he's just sitting there sipping on some tea. Being like, I just want to be, I just want to be happy and live my life. And all these people are blaming me for these murders.
0: Yeah. So. Whether
1: it was a murder or not, who knows. If it was a accident, avalanche, yeah.
0: So that's that's that. Um, Yeah, it's it's an unsolved case. It's gonna be. It's gonna remain unsolved because there's just so many factors to it that are still unexplained. Did they close the case? They the government closed the case because so the
1: government says it's solved, but like ninety percent of people don't believe.
0: Yeah, they still don't think it's solved just because. Like, and people are going to come up with, like, oh, really? How can an avalanche cause this? Or how can military tests cause that? Or how can a There's a lot of factors. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think. And, like, for the radiation thing, how does a Yeti cause radiation? That's what I mean. Like, you don't know. Maybe. 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 A Yeti teamed up with aliens and was like, you attacked the one person. I got everyone else. (laughs) I was going to say.
1: I was going to say maybe the Yeti was the military experimentation
0: Oh, mm-hmm. oh, that's a good one. And they had to cover it up because they didn't want exactly. anyone. And they paid. They paid those people off. But then they were like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna die anyways. Soon, I'm so old. I'm just gonna, you know, tell people tell people right? <laughs> yeah, that's smart. I like that. I'm gonna stick with that theory <laughs> because there's no other way. The government's always hiding something. Always hiding something. Yeah,
1: it's probably just some like orange juice in, in like a super <laughs> secret facility, but it's like the best tasting orange juice on the planet. Yes, who knows?
0: Who knows? Anyway, so that's that for that case, and I wanted to end off on a lighter note because this was a little depressing. So, um, we're gonna talk about some of the the yeti, um, um depictions in movies and tv and sure in amusement so from what i found the earliest um movie to have a yeti is called the snow creature directed by w uh, w lee wilder in 1954 that was okay. the earliest okay. that i can find
1: Wasn't there that was the same years the hikers
0: well it's in the 50s no the hikers happened in 1959 oh, okay okay Oh my god! What if they watched this movie, and then they went to the woods and they're like, "Oh my god! It's the creature from the movie."
1: <laughs> wait, 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 was this movie in English? Did it release in Russian? I don't know, because it's the fifties. Yeah, were they that globally?
0: I don't know. The title was in English, so I, I'm assuming. Did any of
1: the t- okay? I'm assuming you probably don't know if any of the hikers spoke English.
0: I don't know. Like it's, okay, we're getting off yeah. track. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, lighter, lighter note, lighter note. We're trying to think happy thoughts, happy thoughts. Um, one of the titles that I found was pretty hilarious was Yeti colon a love story, <laughs> which is directed by um, um, Adam Jolie. I'm sorry if I said that wrong. And Eric Goslin in 2006, and apparently. In February of two thousand fourteen, they set up a Kickstarter to try to do a sequel. I don't know what happened to it. If they actually Have you watched the movie, no.
1: Wasn't there that movie? Uh, not the Croods, but that movie with like it was like all the yeti, the yeti family or something. Oh, right. Zendaya I'm... was
0: Michi. I'm gonna get to that. I didn't watch that one, but I'm gonna get to. it. Okay. Hold on, hold on. Oh, this is it. Smallfoot. That was my next one. Smallfoot, um, released by uh, Warner Brothers in 2018. Then there was. Uh, I feel like the last like the few years, there was just a huge like boom mm. with.
1: Because <laughs> I think people got so excited about cryptids. Yeah, It became like a uh,
0: a thing a meme and a thing now. Yeah. Um, and then in mainstream. in 2019, there was um, Abominable, which which was released by DreamWorks. Yep. And then um, Missing Link, the stop yes. motion one, um, filmed by Chris Butler in 2019, which also won the Academy Award for Best Animated Movie, I think. Yes. Um, and he also makes the an appearance in a classic Christmas movie, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, mm-hmm. in 1964, The Abominable Snowman Named Bumble, <laughs> which inspired... The abominable snowman in Monsters Inc. Oh,
1: the abominable snowman in Monsters Inc. was so cute. I he love was just him. Like he was just like snow cones.
0: So He's just like a regular dude in the mountains. He Wants to make
1: everyone happy.
0: Yeah, I think he even made a comment about people saying like, "Oh my god, it's the yeti." You yeah. know, <laughs> he made a joke about it. Yeah. I love it. Um, and and finally, because we're both Disney fans, um, stay tuned for new podcast um the yeti is the main antagonist in the ride expedition everest at disney's animal kingdom which features a 20 foot tall audio animatronic which people now call disco yeti because it doesn't move apparently it's
1: broken, it broken. yeah because it, it was cracking the infrastructure
0: yes so they just call it disco yeti because there's just all the flashing lights that you mm-hmm. can see with the yeti so they're like oh my god Disco well, they Yeti. they changed
1: it it's not, Did they? Yeah, it's like there's a, because um, there's a point where the you come to like the raised the raised um, track
0: where it's so broken it's, and yeah, then you it's go backwards. Right, basically the yeti the yeti
1: pulled it up. Yeah, but they're they put a footage they put like images. Hologram, or not hologram but projected mm-hmm. onto the wall of the yeti like freaking out and pulling the, tr- the, the track up and oh and then, it's almost like a
0: shadow type yeah and then yeah. you hit
1: the and then you hit the end of the track and then you go backwards
0: mm-hmm. so that's cool but they still have the it's a fun ride yeah I can't wait to ride it <laughs> <laughs> um anyways that is it that is everything with the yeti the abominable snowman some the adorable snowman
1: some not.
0: I do. I do feel bad. I don't know. It's just one of those cases that's just going to be remain unsolved, See, if, the thing quote that, unquote, unsolved.
1: The thing that bothers me the most about these cases is the fact that it's never going to be solved. I'm it's always going to have that itch in my head. Like, try like, to find me? it.
0: But literally, people dedicate their lives to trying to right. to figure out what happened. happened. And it's just at the end of the day, you, you're just going to have to accept the fact that like, you can't explain everything. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, you you can't expect everything to have an answer. What if? Okay. Okay.
1: Hear me out on this. Right. Okay. So the yeti was an alien, right? Crash landed on Earth. The military found the yeti, and they were doing experiments with the yeti to see if they could weaponize it. And the poor hikers got stuck in the middle of this. Ooh. That's some galaxy brain, right there. That
0: that is. <laughs>
1: Maybe all the cryptids are aliens. I just solved it. I solved it case closed.
0: I mean, technically aren't we all aliens to like another species in the universe? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe we I should don't know. we
1: should put that theory out there that the Yeti's an alien.
0: <laughs> you heard it here first. Yeti's The an alien. Yeti, the adorable snowman, is actually an alien. And
1: works for the Nepalese right? Nepalese government.
0: Works for, <laughs> Works for <the> Nepal. Man- <laughs> he <laughs> has an office up at the up at, <laughs> at the, the very top, top of, of Mount, Mount Everest. Everest. <laughs> so that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. You can um, find us on Anchor and Apple Podcast and Spotify, and you can follow us on our social media: um, Twitter and Instagram is. Um, FITT our podcast, FITTR podcast. Yes, I changed that. Yes, um, and as well as our Google blog, FITTR podcast blogspot dot com slash blogspot dot com. Yes, I think yes. one of those. Listen,
1: you can just go into Google,
0: and you'll Google, Google us. It, yeah
1: Google blog and yes,
0: it'll, you can. We'll be those. there. Yes, we'll be there. So, until next time, thank you so much for listening, and, oh, I forgot to ask you, does this grant, is this Chantel's stamp of approval? It is. Yeah? You, there we go. You just heard Chantel's stamp of approval for this episode.
1: Although my stamp right now is my fist, because I don't have a stamp, so. (laughs) We need to get
0: you a stamp. (laughs) We're going to get you an actual stamp that says Chantel's stamp stamp of approval. Yeah. Chantel's approval. Yes. Yes.
1: It gets my approval. (laughs) Just because it was, like, creepy. There was so much mystery behind it. There were aliens involved, which, like...
0: Sort of. I love aliens. Yeah.
1: Yeti, favorite Monsters Inc. character. Yes. Not real world character, but Monsters (laughs) Inc.
0: character,
1: you know? So, stamp of approval.
0: Yes. I love it.
1: sad, but um, mysterious.
0: Interesting. Very interesting. interesting. I really enjoyed doing this case. I did. Okay, until next time. Bye, everyone. Bye. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha. Photos of you
1: footprints.
0: The is <laughs> Do you think a furry? Do you think that's considered a furry? If he's a human? If he's like a? If he's a human in a, a yeti suit. Yeti suit, I guess.
1: Okay, I need to find all the yeti like
0: experts <laughs> and ask. Them this. Yeah, that's the other thing. By the way, we're no experts. We're just conveying research. <laughs> stuff that we found online. Such so the stuff that we found online. We did research. <laughs> Um anyway so f-